You're listening to Rebel Radio. Do dope shit. Um, kind of piece piece them together month by month. So, okay, this month, this is what the blog post is yeah. going to be. These are the themes per week for your socials. This is what we're going to write about it. And then I'll review it, adjust anything, and kind of until it's approved. And then they help me with the graphics for the posts as well. Nice. Um, so we kind of collaborated on that. I kind of directed them a little bit as to how I wanted it to look. And so they'll use that as a template moving forward. Um, and so there's definitely a process of you know, getting to a point that I want it approved. And then once it's approved, they they post everything for me. So like I added them to all like the admin side of yeah. all my yeah. accounts and stuff. And they just That's they, good though. They post it out. Because even like so like the way I do my social media, which I'm gonna have to change it a little bit, like I do it off a whim. So like today I'll be like, All right, uh, I'm inspired by this cool post. Like I'll do the graphic yeah. right then and there and I'll do the caption right there. It takes yeah. me about like an hour tops, right? If that. Mm-hmm. But now it's like I have to put pen to paper saying, okay, like I need at least two or three posts a week specifically mm-hmm. on this topic so my audience knows exactly what I'm about. Right? So you can't just yeah, post yeah. about bullshit. You got to actually like cater to what they want to learn about because mm-hmm. otherwise you won't grow your followership, right? So yeah. I'm trying to get into that mindset of like planning it out. I'm not, I'm not a big planner. I, I work better under pressure when it's like then and there. Yeah, yeah. So, I do enjoy your Instagram account though. I like it. You know what's funny, man? I, uh, I, uh, now that you follow me, I'm like, fuck. Like, I go, I have this brand expert looking at my graphics. Like, they better be good. <laughs> Got to do justice to the brand we just did. Yeah, <laughs> you know? And, and, like, and that's the thing, right? It's like, it's like staying true to the brand. Yeah. And there's some times where I'm like, does this, like, does this represent the guidelines that we went through with the yeah. brand? Yes or no? And, like, I try to right. always, like, I'll put, like, my own twist on it and stuff. But, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, does, because, like, if it's like it's like when you take a measurement, if you're off by one degree, it may not matter if you're cutting like twelve inches of whatever. But yeah, if yeah. you're like two miles down the road, yes. that's it, suddenly you're over here and you're like, "Frick, how did I get?" Now I'm here? training like eighty-year-old men. Am I gonna want this? <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been a fun journey so far. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah. What's cracking, everyone? Uh, I'm your host, Michael Patella, owner of Common. Uh, I'm sitting here with the brains behind the Common brand. So if everybody thinks that Common brand was designed by me, uh, it's a it's an absolute zero. The, the, the man behind the brains, Lee Brennan, is here in studio, in person. It's the first time we actually met in person. Right. We always did our, um, our our meetings and discussions, you know, via Zoom, like everybody else did in the, yeah. in the last yeah. year. Uh, but he's in studio. We're going to talk about. Uh, branding, uh, marketing, um, how to get your 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 business, whether it's a fitness business, whether it's a um, any business, we're we're, we're going to touch uh, upon uh, the things that you can do to make sure that you can get to where you want to go. Uh, we're going to teach you how to audit your website. We can teach you how to try to audit where you want to go if it's going to be the online or in person. So we're going to talk a lot about that stuff today, mm-hmm. and then some. Um, and we're also going to touch upon his story and my story and how we connected and how we got um, Common to sort of become this really cool brand that I'm excited to grow because we're still at the infancy of this brand. So I'm super, super pumped to get this going. Um, so without further ado, Lee Brennan. Dude, thanks for coming down all the way from you're, you're from the Toronto area? Toronto, yeah. So we're about an hour um, east of Toronto. Um, okay. But we were luckily halfway here or more than halfway here 
Yeah, so yeah, dude. No, I, I appreciate the drive down because it's always better doing these these conversations in person. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it might have to be a collab every once in a while. I'll come up to Toronto next time, and then we kind of go back and forth. Uh, but, dude, what's up? How, how's how's life so far? Uh, life's good. Um, can I just say, actually, this I know this is the second Brit you've had on the show That's in right. like the last few weeks. The second Brit. Wow. Yes. And I just like to say, anyone back home listening, don't comment on my accent. Everyone here is gonna be like. You sound very English. Everyone back home is going to be like, oh my gosh, you've lost your accent. Now, how long, so have you, how long have you been in Canada for? Uh, over seven years now. Okay, now, because I don't know that your accent has changed, because I don't know you, but like, <laughs> but has it, did it go from like really British accent to like almost nothing? Like what? <clears throat> Where I'm from, it's kind of more, I'd say it's more neutral. It's not like a strong accent. There, there are definitely some thicker, um, the places that have a thicker right. Yorkshire, Yorkshire accent. Okay. Is. Okay. So I'm probably kind of neutral in a lot of ways, but it's just like the inflections and, and stuff that have probably changed. Of course. Over the years. So. Of course. No uh, comments. Dude, that's funny. And it's funny. I'm, I'm bringing on all these Brits here, and it's probably because I just want to gloat and boast about our win <laughs> in, the, in the Euros. It's just I'm just going to keep bringing Brits on. Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting you to wear your Italy shirt again. No, I mean I can't. I can't wear it twice in in, in a month. But sure, uh, I'm my English shirt. Yeah, but it's yeah. You know what's funny? Other than you guys, you're the only Brits that I actually know in real life. Oh yeah. So it's kind of cool yeah. that yeah. I mean, and and I'm I'm growing fonder and fonder of the UK. Like, I I have to visit the UK one day because I have I have you know I have you there. I have you know yeah. my my buddy uh, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, Sam's dad works for one of the football clubs there. Oh really? So they get season tickets. Nice. Um, nice. So he goes. Next time you're down, come. We'll go catch a game. Like, dude, that'd be fucking sweet. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and if you've ever been to a soccer game uh, here, like, it's totally different. Oh yeah, I, it's I, completely I, different. I've seen Juventus and AC Milan play here in North America, but it's not oh, the yeah. same, dude. It's like everyone's quiet. Everyone is kind of like you know yeah. subdued, whereas there they're, they're savages. Yeah, yeah. Or even I would see Toronto FC. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's even that's different. Yeah. Like. The atmosphere was good, but it was like very forced. It was like they were playing in the final of the World Cup or something. It was like fireworks going up everywhere, singing national anthems. Yeah. Just for a regular league game. It was like Yeah. It's like they're trying to emulate what Europe has, but Europe and their fireworks aren't really fireworks, they're just smoke bombs <laughs> <laughs> that they throw on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. England we don't there's there's much, much, much less of the the smoke and the fireworks, but Whereas in Italy, it's nothing but smoke bombs. Yeah, yeah. And there's times where they have to like cancel the match for you know like 20 minutes so that the smoke can clear because the TV can't, uh, the, the cameras can't catch any of the, the action. Yeah, yeah. But um, sorry, I completely cool. derailed. No, man, that's no, no. no. Hey, hey, UK represent, man. That's 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 awesome. That's awesome. So um, we're here today to talk about everything branding and rebranding yeah. and, and all that stuff. So uh, before we get into that, talk to me about what led you into your career path, right? Like, yeah. like, where did you start? Did you ever see yourself going into this direction? And and if not, where, where were you headed? And go ahead and, and, and the mic is yours. Yeah, so it's funny because um, I've kind of wanted to do this forever. Mm. Um, I don't know when we were chatting before, I said, don't go back to like when you were born, but I'm gonna go back to like being 15, 16 years old. Um, at school, there was a class like and I talk about this actually in my latest blog post, just throw that out there if nice. anyone wants to go and check that out. Nice. Um, but there was a, 
it was a, basically a graphics class. And it was called like the te- course was like technology, and there was like cooking and woodworks, and I don't know why they called it technology, but there was like cooking, woodworking, like graphics. There was like a range of classes that you could take. Yeah. And so I took I took the graphics course, um, and it just kind of happened to be a project that I was I was good at, but I also like really enjoyed it. So I, I enjoyed doing it, and I was good at it. Got like one of my higher grades was from that nice. from that class. So that's kind of kind of got to the end of school at sixteen. I was like, do graphic design. That just seemed like the the next natural step. It's what I enjoyed doing. So I was like, why would I, why would I do anything else? Mm-hmm. Um, it helped that a couple of my buddies from school were also taking that course. So we just kind of did it together. Yeah. Um, and kind of just went from there. So that was like, that was like a two-year course. Kind of took some time out in between that course and going to uni. Um, but went went and did a graphic design degree. Um, so I got my got my degree eventually in graphic design, and then got a job um, at a at an agency called Neon Six. Now this was all in the UK. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. is all this is all back home in England. Um, got a job at like a brand new agency. So it took me like five or six months, like right out of uni and like basically searching for a job became my job. And it was like, just full, just like really trying to, you know, get myself, get myself out there. And I got a couple of like a free internship, like unpaid internship. And then this one place paid me like shrapnel, like just <laughs> pennies, just to, it was, it was, it was an interesting job that one actually. It was like it was some kind of like it was a tiny little office. There was like six, seven people working in this tiny office. I don't really know what they were doing. I have no idea what anybody else in that room was working on. But me specifically, it was like a, a new business that this guy was trying to open. Right. And it was essentially taking people's photographs, like tracing it out in Illustrator, and then adding their faces to like superhero bodies okay. and like vectorized images so i was just sat in the corner like tracing these superhero costumes and <laughs> i remember one time being just just happened to be like right at the crotch of a female superhero yeah i'm like tracing it and one of the guys in, in another corner working is like what the hell are you doing i'm like me like do my job what the hell are you do and I just kind of carried on just yeah. kind of ignored him and then, uh, and then you, and then you got your career in uh, in anime porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, so that was that was, that was yeah. a fun but weird job. Just vectorizing people and throwing them on this on these vectorized images yeah. that I'd made. Yeah. So eventually, after working there for a few weeks, still searching for jobs along the way, um, I, I really wanted to like get in contact with this one agency. It just looked really cool and really awesome. So I'm like contacting them, contacting them, like bugging the crap out of them. And then eventually one of the, the owners um, got back to me and was like, actually, you're probably not aware, but we, we shut down, we don't exist anymore. But I'm starting another agency. Let's have an interview, come work. Like, we'll figure it out. So I went and met, uh, went and met that guy uh, and it ended up, it was just him and me. It was like brand new, from scratch, Sweet. start everything. Like helped him decorate and build up the office. Cool. Did all the work for him. I was doing the work. He was making sales and like art directing. Like yeah. he'd run the the business that he that I was trying to get into was like successful for like 10, 12, 12 years. Um, then 
so he he had experience. He knew he knew what it was all about. So I learned a lot from him, um, a lot, a lot. Um, but it was all more like print based stuff. Okay, a lot of print. Yeah. Towards the end, it kind of got more into websites. But we're like building customized websites, but a lot of print knowledge and a lot of design knowledge that got passed on, which was right. awesome. So about two and a half years working there, kind of towards the end of that two and a half years is when my wife and I decided that it's time to move to Canada, jump across the pond and, and move to Canada. Now your wife is from Canada. My wife is from Canada. But you, you guys met in, in the UK. We actually met in Canada. Okay. So that gap between me being in college and going to university, I was a missionary for the church that I go to. Oh, cool. And so I was in Canada, kind of just you know, serving people and doing yeah. service and, and stuff. And we met. Um, and then, so we, we were just kind of friends at that point. Then I went home, back to England, and she got a, a job opportunity as a, an au pair, like a, a nanny, basically. Okay, yeah. So she was like in this really nice area in South England. Now, is, is that profession in England still a, a really good career? Like, is that is that a thing still in the UK? Because I feel like like the whole nanny thing originated probably in the UK, you know? Like, didn't that... Honestly, I couldn't tell you. Because <laughs> I, I, always, I always picture nanny with, like, UK. It's always like, yeah. I don't know, maybe that's just my own bias. I don't know. But... <laughs> because of Mary Poppins and Nanny McPhee? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe because, like, maybe. like royal family, they just assume, like, yeah, like yeah. you have all these, like, rich people hiring nannies and they're paying, like, a shit ton of money. I don't know. Maybe that's just... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, um, I, I don't know yeah. is the answer to that. Um, but she was... So my wife at the time was studying, like, childcare. So she was going to, like, go to childcare, mm-hmm. so... Part of that course, she got the opportunity to go to England. Because we'd met before, we met up, and it didn't take long before we started dating and got married, and she moved from that job yeah. back up north to where I was living. And then we were we were in England for a good over six years before we moved to Canada. So we moved to Canada, um, and it didn't take me long to, to get a job at an agency again it was like i was kind of doing some freelance so brennan design kind of started so as a freelancer as brennan design i'd done some i'd done a little bit in the uk i just kind of call myself brennan design doing odd jobs and stuff as and when it came that became more of a an actual thing when we moved first moved to canada so i was like searching for jobs um but kind of doing brennan design at the same time i didn't really I just figured all the jobs would be in Toronto, and we didn't really want to live in Toronto. Of course. Um, so, anything and everything that I was not in Toronto, <laughs> who I was searching for. And then I got, uh, um, my wife actually sent me the, the job posting of uh, this job for an agency. And I was like, this agency sounds awesome. You know, summer hours, Nerf guns, this is all, like, mention all this awesome stuff in yeah. the job ad. I'm like, that obviously sounds awesome. And it's not in Toronto. It's in Lindsay, in the Quarter Lakes. Okay, yeah. So I was like, all right. The job that they were posting for was more like code-based. And I was like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But I emailed them anyway. And my, my email was literally, not word for word, but it was basically along the lines of, all these things you're asking for, I can't do. But I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I'm a quick learner. I can do this. And kind of just lay out everything that I could do. Mm-hmm. And that kind of resonated with them and um, int- piqued up their interest. And so they reached out to me and we kind of went through some interviews and we were just a cultural fit as well as 
kind of knowledge base fit. Which is so. probably more like it's probably more important to have the cultural fit because like yeah. everything else you can kind of learn on the spot if you had to, right? Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that helped. So whatever, whatever piqued their interest in my initial email got us at least talking. Yeah, and we were kind of on the same page culturally as well as anything else. Sweet. Um, so I, I got that job. Works there. That was obviously more. Everything became branding design. Obviously put on the side. Anything that I was doing branding design was just done with. Um, got the job at this agency. Worked there for you know nearly six years. Um, learned a lot. Went from just a normal designer to a team leader to like a team lead, like with more, just kind of built more and more responsibilities up, which was great. I was learning, learning a lot of stuff about myself and what I was capable of. Right. And they, they, they provided a lot of opportunity to like learn and grow, which was awesome. Um, love those guys. They're, they're amazing. Um, fortunately, when COVID hit, they had to make some business decisions and their entire team just got like split in half. Wow. And half of us got, had to, had to leave. Yeah. They're a small business. And so it was understandable. Um, it sucked, but I kind of, within myself, just kind of felt like that was going to happen. Um, don't know why, but when it was kind of when it looked like it was something that might happen, I just kind of felt I feel like it's going to be going to be me. You you embraced it, and it was probably what you needed to sort of get it in on your own, right? Like you kind of oh, dabbled, absolutely. kind of dabbled no with doubt. like Lee Brennan design, and then. Uh, it kind of pushed you to go all in on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I would never have taken the leap had I not been pushed out of plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so that happened. Um, they were very, very um, helpful. So, like, I didn't, even when that happened, I wasn't like, okay, I'm going to do it on my own, I'm going to start my business, I'm going to do it all. That was not my intention at all. I was back to what I had already been doing. Previously, in finding jobs and just treating looking for a job as my full-time job. So I was just like out there trying to find jobs. Got a few kind of bits and pieces of freelance work from the agencies that I'd reached out to just to see if they had anything available. Um, but then leads from the agency that I worked for just started pouring into me. And I, was, and I was one of them. You were one of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's because they'd, wherever we were heading as a business, they decided that's that's not right for us. And so they changed where they were headed and went a different direction. Um, and so all the leads that we, that the marketing had been working for, for that direction we were going, they knew I could do and just kind of to help me out, kind of threw them my way. And, and what's cool about that is not to cut you off, but like, it's like, it's such a good, important, valuable lesson that as a business, whether you're in fitness, whether you're in, I don't know, any business, you have to know who your audience is and who you want yeah. to service because if you had this direction of going towards, let's say, um, I want to train uh, only powerlifters. Well, if I take on people that aren't powerlifters, it might skew my my, my brand a little bit. So it's like right. you have to know who you want to speak to and say and be confident saying, I can't help, but I have these three people that can do great work for you, right? Right. And, right. That, and that was really one of, the, one of the many reasons why I chose to work with you is because these were like a very reputable uh, brand mm -hmm. and agency that I'm like, okay, hey, yeah. like if they're going to refer me to you, then like you must also be good because they, they, they gave raving reviews about you. Right? Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah. a win-win. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's something that I'm sure we'll touch on more yeah. and, and, and making sure we have those goals and ideas in place so that you know where you're headed. Um, 
but essentially it was the amount of leads from them and other kind of referrals coming in that was just like, okay, like maybe this could actually be a thing. Like I could, I've got enough work coming in over the next few months and I could just do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was like, all right, it was a tough decision. Oh yeah. Um, it's much easier to just go to work and come home than <laughs> then, then be at home and be at home and go to work and have everything. I can't just go to work and worry about the projects that I'm working on and then come home. It's, you know, as you very well know, it's you, there's so many hats and aspects that you're looking after as a, as a business owner, which was very new and very crazy to me. Especially considering that you have a family, you know, you're not 19, single, living in a in a mm -hmm. one bedroom flat. Like you, you need to support yourself and your family, right? right? Whereas you know, like I can't even fathom that, right? Me being single and having a family to, to take care of in, in, in today's climate. But right. I think you just step up when you need to step up, I imagine. Yeah, it was it was just kind of almost just kind of fell in my lap. And I was like, all right, I can either decide to do this or I can ignore it and keep trying to find a job. And my wife obviously had a, my wife and I had a lot of discussions about it and we we're just like, all right, let's let's go for it. Right. If it doesn't work out, then I just keep looking for a job. So that's how we approached it. Uh, we did, uh, did great. The first year was was great, um, and it was. Sorry, I know this is probably a very long-winded story. No, 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 no. This is great. Um, but that's so I was like, all right, Brendan Design lives again. Yeah. <laughs> Updated the logo a little bit. Um, adjusted some some things uh, visually for the brand, um, and then just kind of kicked it off and was like, all right, let's do this properly, let's get registered, let's let's get everything set up. Um, did that. And I must have been brand designed for probably for about a year. Just that first year. Right, yeah. Before I kind of adjusted and changed started changing to Sunday post. Which is crazy, right? Because yeah, so like you yeah, so like when we met you were just in the I mean like you were what maybe six months in uh, as Brennan design. Um Probably, least, probably, probably yeah, six to nine months maybe. Yeah, wasn't wasn't at the four year yet. I think it was maybe just around. Yeah, it was somewhere like that. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think no more than a year. Um, the talks of Sunday Road. It wasn't called Sunday Road yet, but the talks of the rebrand had already begun when we met right. for sure. Um, because I was working with Drew again, who you know worked with you. Yeah. Um, on, on my own stuff internally. And it took a little more time to kind of unravel and figure that out. Now, uh, how did you and Drew meet? Like how, like, how did that partnership? So Drew also worked at the agency that I used to work with. Oh, okay, cool. So, he, so we knew each other for like the last six, seven years. Oh, beauty. Um, and they parted ways about a year after after I, I did. Oh, solid. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I was like Brendan Design for like that good, that solid year. Um, got in touch with Drew again. Um, start talking about stuff. I asked him to kind of help me out with a couple of things and that just kind of led down this path of like, okay, well, well, why are you doing this? Like, what do you want to work on? What do you enjoy working on? What do you want to do? And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I never, never thought about that. Cause I had another buddy who runs his own business who kind of said, you are like kind of told me like, you're really good at elevating kind of these blue collar businesses. Mm -hmm. Like, Accounting, construction, like these typical like websites that typically are 
bit boring or a bit like really old. Yeah, like, um, like, like early 2000s. Yeah, he's like, yeah. you're really awesome at just like bringing these types of businesses like up, mm -hmm. uh, elevating them and bringing them to the modern, modern, modern world of web design. So I was like, sweet, that could be like my niche. I could just focus on these particular businesses and just do that and be awesome at it. And I was like, but, eh, like I could take it or leave it. I don't really, I wasn't really passionate about that. Yeah. Just, I knew I'd be good at it. Cause I kind of seen, I kind of felt and kind of see like, well, see my own work. I know that the website that I've done for this business is much better than the website that they brought mm -hmm. to me. Right. But it was like, that's great. And I probably could be successful at that, but do I want to be successful at that? Do I actually want to spend my time doing only that? Yeah. And the answer was no. Yeah. So when me and Drew having a conversation, he asked the question, well, what do you want to do? I was like, well, the, the one, my mind always just went back to the one project that brought me the like most enjoyment or like that I felt more invested in and more passionate about was for um, a clothing company called Akin Clothing. I'm actually wearing that. Represent, yeah. Representing today, yeah. yeah. Um, and their business is all about, it's, it's a clothing company. It's an awesome clothing company, but there's like, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a whole, the core of the business is about providing school uniforms for children in underdeveloped countries. Solid. Yeah. So whatever profits they make, they, they use that money to, you know, they, they'll target a community or an area in an underdeveloped country and use the money to, you know, go to a, they'll source like a, I guess a school uniform, yeah. somewhere that could make the school uniforms yeah. to get the, the school involved and the kids that are receiving those uniforms yeah. participate in like a yeah. community which goes, event. Which goes in line with like your missionary work way back when you came to Canada for those two years, right? Kind of like coincides yeah. with that kind of like volunteer slash missionary, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was, it, it was that basically. So it was like a tank akin, really. Yeah. Um, that's, that's where my, my enthusiasm went. That's where my passion went when I was working on that project versus anything else that I've worked on. So I was like, well, okay, well, if that's the case, let's become, let's become something that targets those kind of businesses. And that's how Sunday Ross was, was initially born and started to be developed. Nice. Now, talk, talk to me about the, 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 the name Sunday Roast and where it, like, where it came from. Yeah, so Sunday Roast, again, for all your listeners out there, another <laughs> blog post out there if you want to check the website out. <laughs> You'll get a link on this show with everything to, to his website. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah, yeah. Sundayroast.agency is the, the website. Perfect. Um, yeah, so it was like, initially, we weren't, similar to yourself, we weren't, didn't even think about an name change. It was just like, we'll just brand new design will become this thing where we work with these people. And I was like, well, as we started to develop it, it's like to, to really target this type of audience, probably not going to be very success, successful as, as an individual freelancer that's just kind of saying, Hey, I want to do some work. And so we needed to move away from this freelance face yeah. to like an agency model. And to do that, Brennan design just didn't, didn't fit the bill. And so it took me a, a long time to, to think about it, um, we were, I was just like, but it'd be nice to connect with myself, you know, something English that would be a bit different. 
um, but something that still makes sense. And so we came to Sunday Roast. I think it was my wife that suggested it, actually. Thank you, darling. <laughs> um, and it was like, it just, yeah, it was like, not only did it, I, not only did I feel like it sounded cool, I was like trying to think about it, LinkedIn, like founder of this, founder of that, founder of Sunday Roast. Yeah, it's got a core into it. So we went with Sunday Roast, but it wasn't obviously just the way it sounded and it being a very English thing. Sunday roast is like your family Sunday meal on a Sunday, big big roast dinner. Um, but it, for me, it was about the the family time and the connection of like being together on that day. I come from a huge family, um, and there's kind of some logic age gaps, so not everyone was together all the time. Um, but that was kind of whether it was at my house, whether it was at my cousin's house, whether me and some friends were at a buddy's house. If it was on a Sunday, that kind of big meal would be there and provided, and it was opportunity to sit down and connect and talk. Yeah, solid. Um, and I've like developed strong connections and relationships with like the entire family of friends that we were able to do that with. Um, and so it was. It just. It was more about that. Let's really connect. Yeah. And maybe it was, you know, COVID had made everyone so like disconnected as well. Yeah. It just felt a good time to like really try and get back to that. We're going to be a partnership. We're mm -hmm. going to work together. We're going to collaborate. We're going to actually talk and mm -hmm. connect mm -hmm. and really work on your goals and your focus and your cause. Mm -hmm. Like if you have that core cause to, to work on mm -hmm. and move forward with. And so I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. Sunday roast it is. Sunday that's roast. Fun. That's so sweet. And like, this is a really good segue into how we connected because yeah. like everything you just said was what I was looking for in an yeah. agency. Right. And like, I've, I've gone the last 10 years with the business, like doing my own website. Like I've used Wix. I've done my own graphics. I've kind of dabbled in making my own website, but I was just never satisfied with that. Right. And so when I, when I chose to do the rebrand, um, I was like, I need to search agencies that, that are professional in this and that are experts. So I remember I, uh, I interviewed the five, like five agencies. Um, and I think you were the third one that I had interviewed out of the five, but right. I made sure I interviewed the last two. Cause I'm like, I just have to, like, after I got off the phone with the phone with you, I was like, fuck, this one's it. And I go, just, I go like, I, cause I, I usually jump the gun and say, fuck it. This is what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm like, no, no, no. I got, I'm going to go through the other two interviews just to like, see like what they can offer. And I was kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. It's like, they're in the call. I didn't really care. Yeah. Right. Cause I knew I was going to pick you. But like the one thing that I was looking for wasn't necessarily like their portfolios because I'm like, yeah, like it shows what your work is and that's, that's part of it. But like for me, it was more about. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Do you understand what it is that I'm trying to create? And, and the one question yeah. I asked you was, if this was your company, would you be amped up to do it? And you said, yeah, totally. Like, like, I'm, yeah. I, like, like this is like my, it was almost like yours, right? Because if yeah. I wanted to like invest a lot in, in, in my business and into you, I need to make sure that you were almost like a part owner of the company because it's a reflection of you as well. Mm -hmm. So, and that connects to like we're saying about you know, how I got the job at the, the agency that I worked for um, and that cultural thing. Because mm. obviously there are lots of projects where I'm like, I really want to win this. I really want to win it. I want this I want this job. But they choose someone else. And I could get bummed out and feel sad for a little second, and that's fine. But I understand that 
clients have to be a cultural fit to, like to me, just as much as the agency hiring me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we like as a as a client and as a partner in in this this process, we we have to we have to connect on a cultural level as oh, well. Right. I think that's so important. If you want your best clients and smoother processes to to really go smoothly, um, then that 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 cultural sense has to be a part of it as well. So. Which I mean, I think that's for for almost every business, uh, but especially if you're service based. So if you're in the if you're a trainer, if you're in the fitness field, you need to know who you connect uh, better with, so that you can serve them better. You can't, you know, like like there, there there's a lot of personalities that I just don't vibe with, and I'm I'm confident now saying I can't work with them. Doesn't mean right. that that I won't. Doesn't mean that um, I I will. Uh, I will talk shit about them. It's just, yeah. it's like, there's just a certain demographic that um, are best suited for other types of trainers. And this right. is why, like, while the industry is saturated with trainers, I also feel it's saturated because there's just so many people not knowing where to go for fitness, right? So if we can have, I'm like, let's just, let's have more trainers in this industry because there's gonna be somebody for you. Yeah. And this is where you come in and help yeah. them decide, okay, what's your audience, what's your demographic, what are your core values, and, and then, then there's a slew of lists that, that we go yeah. through, right? Yeah, and that, again, that's connects to, um, um, oh, geez, just lost my train of thought. The, the saturation of, of the industry is, is very similar to, to a design industry. This, you know, there are websites where you can go pay five bucks and get a logo. Oh, the crap. Mm-hmm. But you can do it, and it might work for what you need for a little bit. But you know, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. But a logo is not your brand; it's a very, very small, small part of it. Um, but that's when talking about the saturation and knowing where to go and who to work with. That's when you know you have to find. That's why, like the the word niche is important. You know, we have to find. You have to know who you want to work with, and kind of tailor your marketing to those people um, and kind of know where you're going to be able to offer the right services for people that want to want to work with you, right? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Like, well, yeah, I guess that's just it. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes full sense, right? And like, I think, and I think, tra- and again, like, we'll, we'll talk about fitness right now, but this kind of applies to almost everything. Yeah. But when trainers first come out, they get their certification, they work at a, a commercial gym, and I advocate for them, like work with as many people as as you can because you'll learn your craft, you'll learn your philosophies, you'll learn how to train every population. And one thing that I touched on last episode with the muscle doc, with Dr. Jordan Shallow, he said, um, most people don't know what they don't want to do, right? right? They know what they want to do, which is good, mm-hmm. but they haven't done enough to know what they really don't like. And I think when you work in a commercial gym, which I, I mean, I did for... Before I went on my own, I was like seven years in, right. and I worked with a athlete demographic at the university. And then I worked with just just a gen pop um, when I went to a commercial space for three years, and like I understood like what I didn't want, you know. Right. And even even when I got into business, I had a specific demographic that I I chose to work with, and then I'm like, hey, like this I don't really resonate with anymore. So it was like it took me almost nearly ten years to figure out who it is that I wanted to service, and it wasn't until we went through our process where I'm like, holy fuck, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, and maybe we can talk about that in a second, but like, I remember yeah, like yeah. The, the, the graph of like the qualities of the people that, um, yeah, and yeah. that I, I'm like, 
dude, like this graph is me and I want, and like, it makes sense that I want to work with people like me because I know how to speak to that person. Right. Right. So it's just, it's a, it was a really cool eye opening. And maybe I knew about it, but I just didn't know how to bring it out into a, a, a well-packaged brand. And, and that was one thing that I expressed to you. It was like, I have this vision in my yeah, head. Of all these ideas. I can see it. I just don't know how to like talk about it. And one thing that I see a lot of struggle with the industry and trainers is that it all comes out the same. And everyone is saying that all their programs do fat loss, muscle building, fat burning, and functional shit. It's like everybody says the exact same regurgitated stuff. And it's like, well, you're not you're not wowing me. You're not differenti- differentiating yourself. So it's just like, what is it that is unique to you that can 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 be the forefront of, of your of your business, right? So, yeah. um, dude, it was fucking sweet. I, I had a, a blast doing it. Um, Me too, man. So, like, should right. we should, should we get into the case study of, of common and we'll see like how like how it all went through? Like, we'll kind of go through the process because I think yeah. I think what what most people want to know, especially those that are interested in going through a rebrand or that own a business, is like, what is the process? Because you said. Your logo and the colors is not your brand. It's a small part of your brand, but it's not even like the the, the beginning of your brand, right? So I think people would like to know the process. And, and I'm okay being transparent and open with common, and we can kind of go through the process because mm-hmm. it was a six-month, almost seven-month process where yeah. we, from start to finish, um, and I mean, like, we say start to finish, but it's not, it's just starting, right? Yeah, because yeah. now it's like, now now the real work has to begin to make sure that we can cultivate the brand awareness, right? Right, right. Um, so, so... I so I first reached out to the agents that you work for, and dude, I just Googled brand agency and I specifically uh, put in Toronto because um, I didn't want Windsor. I'm like, uh, if I want to be outside of Windsor, I need to think outside of Windsor. So right. I, I typed in Toronto and a few came up. Um, and and can I say the agency name? Yeah. yeah. So so it was PB and J, and the reason why I clicked on it because I'm like PB and J. I'm like, this is such a fucking sweet name. I don't know why they called it that, but I'm like. This just sounds cool. I'm just gonna click on it. The website was unique. I'm like, I'm gonna give these guys a shot. Um, but then, man, like, they, they were super expensive. Like, I'm sure you know, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I go, I'm just gonna yeah. email them. So I emailed them, and, and they specifically said, um, we don't do what you're looking for. I'm like, fuck. See, like this is like I had a. I, I was I was like, I need to adopt that. Yeah. Just saying no to people because it'll 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 help you cultivate and grow your your brand even even mm-hmm. more uh, better, I guess, if you want to call it that. So so they said, we don't do what you do, but um, Lee Brennan, who worked for us, he's on his own now. He's a great uh, freelance uh, uh, brand expert. He's, he's, he's your guy. Yeah. So I reached out to you, and then we had our, our, our phone chat. So, so the first initial thing was just us chatting about what I want, what I wanted out of this. We see yeah. if, we, if, we, if we vibed. Um, and I think it was in that where, where we probably went in detail about what it is that I wanted out of this, right? Yeah, initially, so, yeah, when anybody reaches out to me, I have an initial phone call and we talk about kind of the goals of the website, what you, why are you coming to me at this point, like what's, you know, what's changing? Um, I think I even had like a questionnaire that I had to fill out. That may have come after the initial phone call. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once we kind of decided to move forward together, the initial phone call is yeah, it's just kind of connect, see what's up, see what you want, what you want to, kind of what your project needs are, see if you can help, um, see if I can do that, um, kind of put together a proposal around those items and at a price point, kind of send that off to you. But then once you decided that it was we were going to move forward together, then yeah, the first thing we start with is always strategy. 
So if you're going to come to me with a brand, you either need to hopefully have a strategy in place that maybe just needs to be built off or, you know, we need to, we need to go through a brand strategy. You definitely need the strategy first and that, so you will have had a questionnaire that kind of talks about your goals and kind of wants and likes and I don't remember every question off the top of my head, but it was a questionnaire to go through that kind of just got some good information about maybe where you were, where you wanted to get to. Um, and so then we use that and do some research into competitors and the kind of brands that you are inspired by, um, the goals that you are wanting to hit. And we develop, um, we develop your brand strategy, which includes like your mission and your vision, um, your positioning in the market, your target audience, buyer personas, a brand persona, um, you know, your tone and voice, how, how you need to speak as a brand to reach that target audience. Um, and we go through all those elements and build them out into a proper, um, a solidified strategy so that you know exactly yeah. and what, and that's, I know I kind of just went high level through those points, but it's those items which are more important than how your brand looks. And what was cool about that is that, and one thing I appreciated was um, we'd, we'd get, we'd hop on a call or I would do the questionnaire, I would fill it out. And, and that was almost cathartic for me because I kind of mm -hmm. went through like, in my mind, like like I wrote out pretty much, I just regurgitated what was in my brain, just typing about like what I really wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Like like you talked about, um, you know, you could have worked with construction companies to elevate their brand, but you were like, meh. So I, I, I specifically, um, wrote exactly what I wanted to do out of this brand. Like, what, like, what's my ideal perfect scenario business, right? So I kind of just I went through that process with the questionnaire. But what was really cool is um, on on the few other calls, you guys had like already packaged up um, like PDFs presentations about like my mission statement and like headlines and just like tone of voice yeah, yeah. that 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 made me. Um, see the brand come to life, right? And it was yeah. in those instances where he's like, where you get, where, where we were collaborating, where we were like, hey, Mike, what do you think about these words or these sentences? And and I'm like, this is awesome. I love this. This I don't like, right? So like, yeah. it, it was more of a collaborative approach than just right. you guys tell me what it was. Um, and, and I remember there was a few times where we had to sort of fine tune the mission statement and, and the vision, yeah. all that stuff, until we got it like perfectly, like perfect, I guess, yeah. right? And that's that's the great thing about collaboration. I love it. It's, I'm the expert at what I do and that's why you've come to me. And so I'm going to give you what I think is the best. I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to give you everything on the table. Say, so right, this is what you need. But at the same time, you're the expert in your industry and you know, kind of maybe a bit deeper in your mind, what exactly you want to sound like, like if we adjusted the tone of voice, you, you are the expert too. And so I don't just kind of put it on the table and say, this is what you need. Screw your opinion. I, I'm the expert. This is what it is. It's this is what I think you need. And then, like you said, we collaborate. You kind of say, I like this, but I don't like this. And so we fine tune it and we adjust it and we go down this little journey to kind of fine tune. And, and, and we I, can say, right, this is now, okay, this is solid. This is what we yeah, want to move forward with. And I imagine that there are some people out there that just want to be told, hey, this is your brand because they probably don't have that creative outlook on, on mm -hmm. their business. For me, it's like, if I, if I didn't get into training, I probably would have got into like becoming a chef. If I didn't become a chef, I probably would have became like a, a brand agency or some type of like graphic designer. Cause I, I love the creative process as you can tell through, yeah. through what I do, right? Even through my socials. Yeah, so yeah. like I, I kind of wanted somebody to almost like teach me and show me the ropes as to how the process works. So that way I can also 
be part of it, right? I, yeah, I just yeah. I just didn't want to be this third person kind of watching from the sidelines. I wanted to be part of it. And so one thing that was great with you guys was that you guys allowed me to express even my creative side and my opinions yeah. and, and things that I kind of wanted the, the, the brand to look like because yeah. if, if I didn't if I didn't stay true to what I wanted, then I'd come out at the end with a brand that wasn't me. And, mm-hmm. and one thing we discuss a lot about on this podcast is like, if you're going to create a brand, especially if it's service-based, it's got to be an extension of you because otherwise you won't be able to talk about it, you won't be able to promote it, you, it it'll, it'll clash with everything. Yeah. You know, so that was one thing that I appreciate about you guys a lot was that I was able to express my opinions and my and my wants and desires through this process. But at the same time, it's like I learned so much about how to go through a whole actual brand because yeah. I remember way back when I did my my business plan back in like 2011, there was not much branding or marketing in that business plan. It was just more like financials. It was the SWOT right. analysis, right? Yeah. It was just kind of like my competition. It was just kind of like basic. I didn't really do a target audience. I didn't really do um, like the tone of voice. It was just like financials, essentially. Right. You know, right. so um, it, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, they're all important business side. Yeah, but like to really get the brand um, solid, so that you know where you where you are, where you want to go. The brand strategy. Uh, I'll say it again is, is kind of is the first step is the most important thing for the brand is to get that strategy in place. Yeah. You know, if you don't have a mission or a vision, you don't know where you're going and you don't know how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But if you have a solid mission and a solid vision, then you know kind of what you want your business to do and where you want to end up. Mm-hmm. Right. So so once we went through all that, then we got into like buyer persona. So like it was like mm-hmm. it was like a full page of who exactly was my target audience, like what they do, what they're motivated by, yeah. um, like what what's their age range, um, and then we also went through like their buying behaviors, the psychology of how they they they, they buy their products, who they listen to, mm-hmm. and we got all that data from going through surveys. We I sent twenty surveys. Um, to to a specific demographic that I wanted to work with, yeah. and we got all this data from them that showed us, okay, they listen to X, Y, and Z. They like um, cooking. They like mm-hmm. yoga. They like so, it, it was a really cool way to understand what topics I should talk about in my in my social media posts and my website, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, and it gave me um, an idea of who they are as a human. Because again, if we're all about connection and finding meaningful pursuits, yeah. I need to know what my clients want out of their life so right. I can sort of connect with them. What are their meaningful pursuits? Yeah. Like, well, yeah. They even wanna yeah, exactly pursue. right. So I thought that was really cool. And the, and the one thing that stood out, the one thing that stood out that made me realize, holy fuck, we nailed this perfectly with all these um, data points and our mission and all that stuff was when Drew's had that graphic of the characteristic traits, the right. the emotional and the and the psychological traits of of, of my de- demographic, right. and like I don't know off by heart, but like I remember half of it was like they're they're um, they're like uh, introverted and extroverted, mm-hmm. um, they're empathetic and I forget the other one, right? And I'm like fuck, like that's yeah, totally like six or so, like yeah, and, and, I, and I'm like percentages, yeah, yeah and, I, and I'm like I'm like that's all me, like I'm introverted. In real life, but in my business, I'm very extroverted, right? I'm empathetic. I can I can sense people's energies. Then on the other side, it was like, what type of people are they? They were like uh, learners. They were motivated, mm-hmm. integrity, and something else, right? And I'm like, holy fuck! Like I only want to work with motivated people. I only want people that like have integrity and don't want like a quick fix diet. Right. Um, I want people that want to learn about 
about the process. I wanted them to learn about fitness and science and all that stuff. So like, this was bang on exactly my demographic in a pie chart. I'm like, wow. And I'm like, this is me. Yeah. And, and that made me realize, holy shit, like it's true because the people that I do so well with in the past with, with, with my client were always those that had those characteristics traits, but I just never knew it. Right. I could never get it out. Right. As to what made them special versus another client. So right. that was like the icing on the cake before the cake was even built or, right. or, or right. made. Right. So that, that, that was a really cool thing for me to see. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great process to go through. Um, even if you, even if you have a strategy and or have goals, maybe. So obviously, as a new business or as as a brand new business, getting the strategy out is very important. I'll say it again, it's the most important. But if it's the first step, yeah. but for yourself and even for myself, I, I wasn't a business for very long. You were for a business for much much longer than I was. But there are businesses that I'm working with that have been businesses since like. In 1953, yeah. you know, yeah. but they're coming to me now, and I'm working with them to redo the brand strategy and to redo the branding. It's never, it's never too late to go through the process and realign yourself. In today's world, everything's so fast; everything changes so quickly. It's like you should probably give yourself an audit every couple of years, you know. Am I on track? Is this still, are this still the demographic that I want to work with? Is this still the goals that I want to aim for? And adjust, constantly adjust. And if you do it right the first time, you probably shouldn't make that many adjustments because it's in line with who you really are. Like if mm -hmm. I if I went through this process with you and I I was trying to be somebody or a brand that I really wasn't inside of my heart. I'm sure after a year or two, I'd be like, oh, this really isn't what I want. Right. You know what I mean? So I think I think you should go through the process, but be honest with yourself. Like, don't, don't right. be afraid to say, I don't want to work with X, Y, and Z, or I don't want this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Like, just because other people have it doesn't mean that you have to follow suit. And I feel yeah. like what happens in, in businesses like in, in fitness is that we, we see all these other gyms and brands doing a similar thing. So we assume, oh, if they're doing it and they seem successful, then I probably have to follow suit. Right. And in fact, I think what makes people successful or really stand out in business is when they are unique. Because if you yeah. if, I, if I if I look at the brands that I follow from a fitness standpoint or any brand, I'm like I follow them because they're unique and different, not because they're the same as everybody else. Right. right. So 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 I think the first part is like like be honest with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I I could have gone through this whole process as brand design and just you know, yeah. done what I knew I would have been good at and elevate these other work with this kind of blue colonation and elevate these websites. And I have no doubt I would have been somewhat successful in that. But when I really thought about it, I was like, that's, I can't, I don't want to do that for the next 20 years. Like if this business is successful and I'm going to, it's going to be my career for the rest of my, you know, yeah. career life. That's not going to, that's not going to hold up. That's not going to cut it for me. I need something more meaningful. I need something deeper. And so, yeah, being honest with yourself, um, really figuring out, and it's definitely not always easy. It might take some time mm -hmm. for people to do that, but really fi figuring out what what brings you joy. Because mm -hmm. it, it's good to do things to help other people, um, and that's 
you know, kind of part of Sunday Roast. We want to work with, you know, businesses with a cause that have this underlying, like, positive impact on the world. Um, but if it doesn't bring you joy, personally, then it's probably not going to, like you say, it's not probably not going to last. Um, and it's, it, it's tough. It's very tough the, to figure out, but the, just finding bur- something that really brings yourself yeah. meaning and purpose Dude, it's, it's, will be more successful. It's so true before. because the burnout rate, and I, I went through, right? Like the burnout is a lot quicker when you don't enjoy it. Yeah. If you're, if you're pulling teeth and again, like, like not that I hated sweat, fitness and performance and what I was doing, yeah. it was just, it was as I got to understand who I was in my thirties as a, as the human that I am today, I'm a lot different than what I was when I started in my twenties. So as I got more aligned with what it is that I was and my mission and, and my life's purpose and what I wanted in my life, yeah. it also made me realize that sweat no, no longer was, was in line with, with my life goals. Right. And, and, and when I, and when I called you guys, I had all the intents and purposes to keep sweat, fitness, and performance. It was, it was like, I'm like, I'm keep it. People know my name. I already have yeah. the signs in my marketing. Might as well do it. Um, and you guys were like, yeah, let's, let's keep it. Like, we'll probably fine tune the logo a little bit, but yeah, seems fine. Yeah. And then it probably wasn't up until maybe like the halfway point, maybe even later in the halfway point, where we were doing like we, we were refining the brand and the and, and everything that, that we stood for. And then you guys came to me and said, hey, Mike are you opposed to a name change? And I'm sure you can remember this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Like I had, I had no hesitation, <laughs> no hesitation whatsoever. Well, yeah. I remember that. It was like, yeah, we kind of just kind of, we're kind of wrapping up the, the strategy. Yeah. Um, we were t- chatting. It was like, if we want to head down this like more larger lifestyle brand with these, you know, other channels that are going to hopefully be developed and, the name just doesn't doesn't work. No, it doesn't work for what we want to achieve. And so yeah, we had that phone call. I was like, uh, "We post to a name change." Like you said, no hesitation straight away. Yeah, like yes, yeah, let's go. I think I think I was also ready for that, yeah. and, it, and it's probably what I really needed in the end because I kind of wanted to like lay that to rest and then kind of start anew. Yeah, because because I, I, I treat this right now like a startup, and uh, I say that because. Nobody knows what common is it yet, right? People, I mean, like a little bit that follow me on social, but like the world yeah. doesn't know what common is. So, so I'm at the startup, and just because I've been in business for ten years doesn't mean that this business is a ten year old. It's still a six month year old business, or whatever it is now, right? Um, but I love that I'm the startup because now it's like I get to start from scratch and mm-hmm. and 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 reconfigure it the way I want it instead of having to like continue off of where I left off with, with yeah. sweat because that could happen, right? Like, like if you're, if you're in the same business, like you can lead down what, what, what led you to where you are now, which is comfort. It's easy. You know, that demographic you can, you can kind of like, I mean, I can like right now I can probably open up 10 slots of a, of a semi-private training or group training that get people in here because I right. know how to, how to do that. But yeah. to me, what's exciting is learning a new type of business for a new age. Right. And I, and I say this all the time, people, Fitness gyms and 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 brands, whatever you want to call them, still operate their fitness brand like it's 2010. Right. From like their website design, they do it all themselves because they don't have the means or the capital to invest in in, in a in an agency. Sometimes um, the way they speak, it's just, it's a very outdated model, I think. Right. And 
no, there's no better way to kind of get yourself out there by going through this process with an expert like yourself, right? Because you get so much more value out of that. Right. Um, the same way that I, I can go to the gym yeah. and I can look out, I can look at something online and I can print it off and take it to the gym and be like, okay, 10 reps of whatever the hell that says and yeah, work out and it might be okay. Me personally, I get very bored very quickly. So I'm like, <laughs> got to print something else off. Now I got to. Yeah. But if I want real results, I need to go to someone that knows what they're talking That's about. A really if I want to cool, know yeah. what my goals are, like, I need to lose some of this dad bod. I need to like yeah. tone up a little bit. Yeah. I need someone that's gonna. That's a really good analogy. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a really good analogy that I never even thought about. But that's exactly the same, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, like just like I can go to Wix and create a website, um, or go to like 99designs.com and create a logo that yeah. everybody else has a similar variation or good right. iteration of that logo. That's that's sure. Like you'll get some type of result with that, mm-hmm. but you won't get the result of lasting impact and, and big brand awareness unless you work with somebody that knows what they're doing with that. And, right. and one thing that I specifically wanted was every time I created a website, and again, like the website is just a small part of the brand. So I'm just saying as an yeah, example, yeah, yeah. every time I, I would do a website, it I could always tell myself that it was like it was non it wasn't professional. It wasn't like like if you go to like Lululemon.com or Nike.com, you're like, oh this is a like legit professional website. It has all like the headers and the whatever, like, mm-hmm. like you can just tell. Right. It was one thing that I could never grasp how to do and that I didn't even want to invest anymore on that. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna go through the full process with you, you know? So I said, I need everything done from like yeah. strategy to demographic, to audience, to website, to low everything, right? Um, yeah, I think you initially came to me like, I need to rebrand, I need a new website. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, do you have strategy done? Do you have this done? No. Okay. Let's let's look up. I think it was more of a initially. It was like, you tell me what I need mm-hmm. and kind of lay it out in the proposal, and then I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then you were just like, let's do it. Yeah. And, and one added value that I wasn't expecting was the added benefit of Drew. So Drew was the I guess like the marketing technology component of of the <clears> strategy. <throat> if you, like, what would you? Yeah. So consider? he's. I'd say he's. Drew kind of t- looks after the strategy itself, yeah, and then I kind of implement that strategy into the the visual identity and the website and everything moving forward from Yeah. Point. So, like one thing that was an added value for me was, so Drew essentially laid out the framework of the ins and outs of how the process works, how the strategy works. It's okay, like we're going to do the Rebel series, but yeah. okay, like you can't just do a Rebel series. You have to understand, okay, like when they sign up, they click here, when they go here, they go to this part, and this yeah. email sent like. He, right. he laid out the skeleton, the framework of the strategy, and I was like, holy fuck, like, yeah. I, I didn't even think of that, right? Which yeah, so there's some overlap there between the two of us and figuring out the, that's kind of the, more of a UX strategy, mm-hmm. kind of the, that user experience. Um, yeah, but that's that's important to know as well. Like, Super important. Especially if you're going to... on the website, you're going to know where they're going to go and kind of test it out and know the whole process that a user would, would See. Especially if you're if you're trying to go online, like it has to be almost like perfect and neat. And the user experience, like you said, the user experience is super, super important because how many times you go on a website and you're like, ah, fuck, I'm just gonna leave because you just it's it's too convoluted, yeah. right? So I wanted to make sure it was streamlined, it was easy, simple to follow, um, and yeah. Um, okay, so we went through the brand strategy, we went through um, mission, vision, target audience, we surveyed yeah. a bunch of people, we said, okay, we need a name change. 
And when, when we went through the name change, I was like, I don't even know what I would call my company because yeah. when I when I chose uh, Sweat, it just kind of like popped up in, in my head like Sweat. It sounded cool, but mm -hmm. like it had no real meaning to me. Yeah. And what was really neat about this process was, again, it's very important to go through the strategy because the strategy essentially made the names. Yeah. If we didn't yeah. have the strategy and the visions and, and the demographic, then you guys wouldn't have had the framework to understand mm -hmm. what names should we use. Yeah. And I think we, so we, like I said, based on the information, me and Drew kind of got on a call and we chatted for a while. And we basically kind of came up with like three areas. I forget. I forget what they all were. One was like abstract, yeah, uh, political, yeah, and then there was a there was a third kind of area. We kind of like overlapped them all, and then we were just like looking at the the, the target audience and just like right, okay, let's just like firing tons of ideas out. Right? This whole like page of different names and ideas, and then we kind of went away and did our own thing. Came back and collaborated, and went away again and kind of picked our favorites and why, and kind of got the rationale as to why it worked. And then we kind of narrowed it down to the top three, mm -hmm. um, which was, like I said, Common, Fifth, and, and uh, Council. Uh, council, yeah. And like they were all, I'm sure we could find <laughs> to, to other business to, to <clears throat> sort of navigate with, with. I think Council was really cool too. Mm -hmm. But then it was almost like too political, if just, yeah, right? Yeah. But like Common stood out the most. Mm -hmm. And I remember you guys told me, like, hey, take a week with it, you know, mull it over in your head. Yeah. I kind of knew it was common, and then I remember when we tried it again, you were like, I, I actually asked you, I'm like, if you guys had to pick for your company, you guys both said like common, right? So I was like, hey, yeah. cool, like, I, I know this is this is the one. What's interesting about common is, you can thank Drew, he he was right on point. Obviously, he built the strategy, so it was maybe more more in there, but we were talking about the spelling of common, yeah. and we're like, could you just be common, C-O-M-M-O-N, should we C-X-M-M-X-N? Mm. I was like that. That maybe seems too much. Like people might not follow that, especially as a like a like a URL or as a domain. That might be too much. Right. And so we we decided that the split down the middle of the O and the X. Yeah, it was awesome. Because then it it almost it almost like with the so again that that informs the design of the strike through. So not only is it common, but striking through because you're rebels. Mm -hmm. But it's it's O to X. It's it's that journey. It's mm -hmm. from point A to point B. That's the starting point, and that's where you're ending. It, it's it's fucking sweet, and I, and I remember like taking every um, like business uh, like um, seminar, and like I'd have you know I was part of like mastermind group, and we'd have guest speakers talking about um, you know your elevator pitch. You know you should have an elevator pitch. Yeah, dude, I never had an elevator pitch. I, I didn't know how to yeah. how to talk about my business in forty five seconds. Yeah, dude, now it's like. Within like 35 seconds, I can tell you exactly what we do and how and what we're about yeah. by explaining this logo in, 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 in a way. And everyone's like, wow, that's really good. Right. Yeah. So it's like, like, you know, you have a really good product and a, and a brand and you've done the, the right work when you know you can talk about it without any hesitation. Because mm -hmm. so many times, man, like, especially in fitness, it's like, what do you do? Uh, it's like everybody kind of knows what fitness is like it, it all looks the same right like it looks yeah. like a crossfit gym so and, right like it's like whether it's an f45 an orange theory a crossfit a boot camp like everybody can buy a barbell and some ball slams or, or, or some medicine balls but it's like it's it's how you take those tools and you apply it to your niche and your market and your demographic and, and and how you convey that message right i think that's yeah. what 
I think that's what trainers need to do in 2022 moving forward now. It's like, how do you get yourself away from the, the saturation? I see it like almost um, like a, like a bell curve, right? Like you, like on one end you have nobody in the middle of the bell curve. You had everybody that does the exact same thing. Then you have these outliers on these, on on the other side that, that like is unique and niche and people know who they are. Right. If you're in the noise, and you're doing the exact same thing as everybody else does because they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You're 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 probably not going to win as much as you want to win, yeah. right? But it it requires a level of balls to to get out in the fringes because yeah. not everyone is going to resonate with your message, which is fine because you need the people that are going to resonate to come to you, right? And when you're on the fringes, you really have to own that you're on the fringes, and you have to just fucking do it that way you're fulfilled by it. It might take you yeah. like, it's going to take me time to get this brand to where I want it to go. But like, yeah. I, I knew that from the beginning. Shit, sorry. Um, uh, but, but yeah, like it, it, it was, it was an important step for me to finally live who I want to be in a way. Right. Like, like, yeah, yeah. like I, I'm a big believer that it, this brand is an extension of me. And if I, and if I can't promote it and, and love it and like, and become it, then like, why would somebody else want to hire me as their coach? Or why would they want to buy my apparel? Why would they want to like live and breathe my brand? Right? Like if I look at Nike, it's like, I'll buy Nike all day because it's like, I just get that status with them. Right. Right. I just think they're dope. Um, I I want that same effect with my brand because we're somewhat selling the intangible here. Mm -hmm. Yes. Fitness has tangible, which is fat loss, weight loss, whatever your result is. But like, what's the feeling behind that? Yeah. And that's one thing that I needed to capture was the feeling and the intangibles that I just couldn't get myself. I know I rambled on there about a bunch of shit, but like, no, no, it was all relevant, it's all on point. And it's true. Um, it's like you said, people in, people in the noise, you, they're all fighting to get to the top. So there are going to be people that are on the top yeah. and doing very well. Yeah. But it's a constant fight. And that's not to say that if you find a niche and you're, you are somewhere else that there won't be a fight. Because you've still got to, like you say, you've got to implement the brand properly and develop your marketing and get out there to people to, to build brand awareness. But it, for me, it all comes back to kind of what you were just saying and, you know, making sure it's an extension of you and what you want to do. Because if there's just more passion, there's more desire behind that journey, if, if you know, yeah, you know, within yourself, if it's what you want to do and it's what you want to drive for. Yeah, uh, I think I think now in today's world, especially with the online, I think people want to know who they're who they're working with or who they're buying from. Yeah. Right. Like if you're like a big brand like Coca Cola and Nike, whatever. Like like that. Like that's like I I consider that like corporate, and and, and they're always going to have that yeah. win up top. But like I think the these these lower level small businesses and small business means like you know you're still making quite a bit of millions. Like like you know you're just not that corporate type. People want to know who you're working with and who the person is behind the brand. Like yeah. I think that's super important. And the thing is, it didn't happen overnight for those big corporate no. works. Like no. it, it takes time. Like now, yes, obviously they have huge brand awareness and they know what every they have everything. They have global strategies and local strategies. They worldwide. Like this is huge. It's yeah. ridiculous. There's so much involved. But they started somewhere, of course. Um, and so it's getting the strategy in place 
knowing where you're heading, that, I feel like that's why the goals, like brand goals, business goals, your strategy of your mission and your vision, having that in place so you know where you want to get to mm-hmm. is so important because then you know kind of what you're working towards. Yeah. Um, and you can set, you know, smaller goals or like, you know, yearly goals, whatever, whatever to, to make sure you get there. We talked about this, uh, I think, before the podcast started, but it's like even you with Sunday Rose and you got your website and like you spent all this time, just like me, yeah. right, planning and strategizing, making the logo, the website. And yeah. then like even me, it's like launch date and then you launch and you're like, okay, you almost come off this high because you've been yeah. so in in the nuts and bolts of, of, the re- of, of the brand that you now forget that, oh shit, like the actual work starts once you press launch. Yeah. Because now like you have to, acquire customers and get leads and generate that business. So um, yeah. w- what are some things that, that you're going to put into play? Um, and I'll also share some of the stuff that I'm going to put into play as well. But like, what are some things that, um, that you see that people have to now start doing with their marketing? Because branding is one thing. Branding is, is the strategy and the persona and everything. But then the marketing has to now touch that target audience. Right. 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 Yeah, so firstly, yeah, I think, I don't know if it made it into the beginning of this or not, but it was anticlimactic. It was like, I'm really focused, I'm putting in all this extra time, working on myself as well as my clients, building this up. Like, it took me a while to really get into my head what I wanted the brand to look like, want to be more approachable, have a softer appeal, have that kind of aesthetic which connected to the kind of the purpose of the business and the goals. And so it took a, while, a little while to get started, but then once it was like all built out and I got, went through all my case studies and portfolio and spent so much time building that out, launch. Crickets. Sweet, okay, now what, right? Yeah. So yeah, no, it, it was almost anticlimactic. It was like, well, frick, nothing's changed. But that's because, like you said, the marketing has not yet kicked in. And so things that I'm, I've started doing is my, um, I don't know what you call her, marketing partner, I guess we'll call her for the sake of today. So she, she's going to be looking after my blog posts and social posts. Um, and we've started slow, kind of one blog post and a newsletter a month, a couple of social posts a week, but we're going to build on that. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of just testing the waters, what's working, what's bringing in more traction, more traffic, um, even down to like the time of the day that we're posting, like okay, what's, what's giving us the maximum like ROI, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so once we kind of get a better understanding of that, we'll start to increase the amount of content that's going out, um, focusing on the areas that are, are working. Um, and that's kind of my first step is to really just my, my plan really is kind of that inbound marketing style of get out the content and the areas that I know my clients are going to be so that they come to me and they see that I've got the expertise. They see that I've got the knowledge and they want to work with me. Um, so that's part of it. Obviously, newsletters going out is would be more outbound marketing and reaching out to people. Um, but also, it's it's I'm finding that I'm able... I'm in a position where I know a couple of people that have some connections. So it's really, it's still kind of a bit old school and it's still, yeah, like it's, it's still that networking, connections. networking yeah. connections, building the community around it. Um, 
and just not not giving up, not not resting. That's yeah. Because I think if you don't have what we now have in place, where it's we know it's what we want to do, we're putting it all on out on the table and, and we're working for it. It's I feel like it's easier to just kind of give up. It's easier to say, okay, I'm done with this. Uh, it's too hard. It's not working. I need to change it. And if you get to that point, great. But like you said earlier, do it right first time, or yeah. do it right, do it right at any point. If you if you reach that stage within your business where something's not working, you know, just I think, I think the only thing stopping us right now is ourselves. Like if we if we get out of our own way, and I, I know for myself, like sometimes I have these belief systems that are like super low, and I'm like, well, like I probably can't reach this type of level because of X, Y, and Z, or I'll just tell myself these stories that. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Mike? Like, like imposter syndrome. Yeah, right. right? So, so I think if if I get out of my own way, I know that like, because like I know what to do. Yeah. I just have to get out of my way so I can do it. If that makes sense, you know. And and I had a I had a chat with uh, a buddy of mine. He's from from the York region, Toronto region. Yeah. And um, he, like he was asking me because and like he's young in the business. He's trying to get out there, and and he's like. Like when did you start to not give a shit about what people think and you just started posting and stuff because like he's he's been following my journey and yeah. and I go honestly dude like maybe it's because I'm 35 now and, and he's 25 right so I have 10 years on it but like when I was 25 yeah. like I was just as timid as he was but now I'm just like I just don't give a fuck anymore yeah. it, it comes to that point where I'm like it it's my life it's my business it's my livelihood it's mm-hmm. it's my mission in life it's it's what I want to impact people with so like it's it's a disservice to myself and to my customers and people that, that I'm going to work with. If I don't post every day, if I, you know, it's like, I want to annoy people, I guess. Right. And and I go to him, I go like, am I annoying people with all my skulls and shit? I'm like, yeah, probably. I don't give a fuck. And he he goes to me, he's like, actually he goes, that's the best part of the brain. I'm like, right. Like, 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 it's like people want to see more of what you think is annoying because they're being bombarded with the exact same regurgitated bullshit. Yeah. Especially in fitness, especially in fitness, when 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 the barrier of entry is very low, it's like anybody can get a certification and yeah. copy whatever their influencers are doing, right? Um, Honestly, I agree with him. When when we first like when you first came to me, and I was looking through your old website, and I saw like the the gym and um, all the graffiti style in the gym, I was like, that looks awesome. Yeah, like and it, that excited me. It's like, all right, we can do something really cool. Yeah, and, and like a part of me was like, do I play it safe and keep it so that like I can hit every every demographic? But I'm like, fuck it, like it's it's like it's me, right? And, and one yeah, yeah. one of the reasons why I went with the graffiti in the gym, and I did this what last year, I think I ended up finishing that, is because I was sick of seeing white walls in gyms. Right. I'm like, I like especially if you're gonna be like in a warehouse garage gym. I was like, I don't want to see white walls and fluorescent lights and just like boring atmosphere i'm like right. I, I i need some 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 color i need some like environment for me to want to go yeah. hard and i go if i want it then there's going to be people that are going to want that themselves but just because i want graffiti and i want skulls and i want all this fucking cool graffiti shit with spray paint doesn't mean that you have to do that with your business it's like what what makes you excited like right. I'm very creative, so I like visuals. Like I'm always gonna put visuals in my mm-hmm. in my brand. But like I don't know, like you have to find your voice. Like if you're a blogger, blog. If you're in video, do your video. Like dude, there's gotta be a way that you can come out as the forefront of your business. And, and, I, and I can't, and you can't even answer that, right? Like I think you have to find it within yourself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, and then once you have that, 
and I can help. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I can, or even, yeah, we can go through some processes to help you find that. Um, that's kind of what I did for myself. It was like, you just got to start asking yourself why. And then once you've got that answer, ask why again. And just keep asking yourself why until you've really dug deep enough to like, okay, yeah, this is what really mm-hmm. resonates with me. This is what I connect with, resonate with, want to do, want to push. Uh, want to do so w- w- what are some things that we can kind of give some tangible kind of like checklists for people right now that are listening that have a business that that are kind of stagnant and not understanding who their demographics are like, like what are some things that they can like low level thing that they can do immediately to kind of see some return on that like do, do you have any tips and, and things like that yeah i was thinking about this and really the, the if you're feeling like you say like this is not working, we're not meeting our goals, maybe I'm just not enjoying it. Um, some things that I would start doing would trying to look at data. So if you not, if, you, if it's just a matter of like not meeting goals or things aren't going as well as you thought they were, look at the, your website analytics. What's, what's working, what's not, why are people dropping off the website, why are people not engaging? Um, look at who you kind of want to work with and I know we kind of said that's something you know need to figure out a little bit of but basically a website audit and a brand audit mm-hmm. why are people not resonating with what you're doing why are people dropping off the website um, and then after that it's kind of just really trying to go back to that why 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 mm-hmm. why um, why am I doing this why do I want to work with these people um, you know trying to just dig deep within yourself because I think once you once you take those steps, once you have that data, once you, if you do a website audit and say, right, these pages aren't working and people are falling off, that's something tangible. You can say, okay, well, then we need to adjust this page. We need to adjust the, the UX. We need to adjust the sitemap so that people take this journey and they stay on the website and, and find what they're looking for. If it's a brand audit, we say, right, people aren't engaging with this because these are the people you want to work with, but the logo looks like something that might resonate with this target audience up here. If you did your logo back in like the friggin' nineties, it's time to upgrade. <laughs> Sometimes if you did your web, if you did your logo like five years ago, it's time to upgrade. Yeah. Um, you know, even, even the huge corporate like Coca-Cola, Apple, uh, Google, I think more frequently constantly adjust and up, update mm-hmm. the logo. Right. Um, and so there's some things to, to start. The visual and kind of the functionality of the website and then if it so that they're kind of um if the business is just not working if people aren't engaging people are connected if it's deeper than that and it's i'm just not enjoying what i'm doing or I, i've had a change of heart and i want to adjust this they're still part of that but it's really that's when it becomes more what do i actually want to do uh, now, is that a service you provide, like just like an audit of someone's website? Like, like somebody said, Haley, like, can you take a look at my website and my logo and see like what things that could be, be- like better done on it? Like, is that something yeah. that you do? Yeah, absolutely. So there's kind of a couple of sides to it. Um, I could do a brand audit and kind of say, okay, you know, the visual side of things. This is this is maybe looking all these color palettes a little off. The typography is not consistent. Those types of things. We can really look through the the visual aesthetic of the brand and say, right, this these things can be improved. The website side of things, 
tiny spider right in front of my face. That Beautiful. Man. There you go, bud. That right there. There you go, bud. Everyone back home is going to be like, oh, Canadian. So Canadian. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry, sidetrack. Um, so the visual side of the brand, we can definitely look at and say these things need to be improved. Um, for the website, there's kind of two sides of it. We can do again, so there's kind of like the UX. So I can look through and say, right, people will need to be finding this information. Like the navigation is just a mess. There's too many pages. Everything's everywhere. The structure's not on point. It's too messy. You know, we can look at more the visual side and the UX, like the user experience side of and the structure of the website. And then the kind of the, the, the other side to the website is the, like the actual data. So I obviously can only look at that if, if you have it. Mm -hmm. um, so if you've got Google Analytics connected to the website or if you use, so the, the, the platform that I use is Squarespace. Um, Squarespace has a built-in kind of analytics section where it looks at who's visiting your website, where from and what device, you know, and they give you that, that data. So if you have that data available, we can look at that to like really inform the decisions. If you don't have that, it's definitely more of a visual user experience, kind of tidy up the structure and, and provide a better, better experience for people visiting the website. So um, now we talked a lot about like the strategy and like like the meat and potatoes of the brand. But now once, so like myself, right? Like I have the website, I have the brand, like right, I do, I do my own content, right? Because I enjoyed that part of the business. I love like doing the graphics and the content and the edits and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it's, for me, it just becomes very easy. But if somebody doesn't have either the strength or the want or the time to, uh, to do their own like marketing content, is that, is that part of Sunday Roast? Do you have a, a side of Sunday Roast where you have people that can can you know do blog posts and, and newsletters and maybe even social media posts? Is that something that, that or if not, is that something that, that you're looking forward to? Um, yeah, I think eventually uh, that's not that's not something we have set up at the minute. Um, so like I I work with um, kind of a freelance content creator to do my blog posts and, and stuff okay. for Sunday Roast. Um, that's not necessarily a service that we offer right now to like look after that right. that marketing side of things. Um, down the line, maybe. Um, but not right now. We're focusing on the brand strategy, the brand identity, the website, that kind of the user experience. Because once you have, yeah, because like, like one thing that you provided for me was like the brand guide. And so once this was all done, guys and women, <laughs> we're gonna get mad if saying guys, um, I don't give a fuck. All right. Uh, so so what uh, what 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 was the the coolest part about this uh, rebrand was that at the end of it all, you gave me a. PDF brand guide yeah. of like everything we talked about, but like fine tuned to like exactly yeah. what it was, right? From like um, you know like the color palette and like yeah. the actual values for the CYMK or the RGB, yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Um, he gave me like you know like how to use my logo, how to you know like how to create the spacing, and then also like um, like the strategy is, is in there. So like if I ever need to take um, that brand guide to another, let's say, marketing agency mm -hmm. to do like my social media content, yes. they can look at that, read it and say, okay, we know exactly what this brand's about. Yeah. Let's create the, the the post and the marketing for that, which is super critical, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a huge kind of final deliverable from this process is um, once you once we've been through it and you, you have it, you need to kind of know how to use it. Um, and so, like you said, it's kind of a full interactive PDF where you can kind of click through um, page by page, um, 
from some kind of go through your strategy, like mission, vision, all those things. And then kind of the second half is the visual identity. And it's all in one, one big PDF. Um, I, we didn't really talk too much about the development of the visual aesthetic, but yeah, let's do it. Um, we kind of mentioned about kind of the, the, the theme of kind of the, the cross through and the common versus rebels and kind of the goals and this where you are to where you want to get to. Um, but we really took everything that had been done for the strategy and said, right, how can we now use that information to inform the visual approach to, to that? And so looking at, you know, the, the font choice, the color palette, the logo itself, the build out of the logo, um, and we put all that into kind of any kind of extensions of the logo. So you've got like, where is it? It's on here somewhere. Uh, the OX, where is it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it it's, like, it's like, where's Waldo? There it is. There it is. Yeah. There, there. Yeah. So it's an icon extension just based on like the, the journey. It's still that journey of A to Z, right? And so kind of any logo, logo variations, extensions, like the icon. Even the X equals for the, uh, apparel side or yeah. the, you know yeah the product right. side of things yeah so the x again being the goal equals wherever you want to get to and the amount of effort you're going to put in mm -hmm. x equals working with yourself you're going to help them reach their goals um because yeah we beyond the the brand we obviously work together on designing like mm -hmm. some of the apparel stuff and, and smaller items like that which has been super yeah awesome. so so just a, a quick side note the chase fear graphic um, was a collaboration between you and I. I mean, collaboration mm. as in I had the I had the Chase Fear uh, name, and then he just yeah. did all the graphics for me, which was dope, right? Like even like the skull with the with the strike through, like it's all yeah. it's it's all cohesive with the brand, which I thought yeah. was fucking sweet, right? So yeah. it came out really nice. Yeah, and that was that was super fun to work on. Um, so there are like I know I said we do brand strategy, branding, and kind of uh, the website. Well, we obviously do other things in and around that. Um, just when we get to the market inside of things, that's kind of where we cut off. And I've got partners that will, mm -hmm. I can kind of like work you into. Um, we just don't do that in-house. Um, but yeah, so you, we basically, we, we fully use the strategy to inform the visual identity. And then that's together, like you said, in the PDF, but then that visual identity obviously then informs your website, your marketing, Everything else that your brand touches is informed by that that one document. So, if you go through the process with me, like you said, you get that document. And if you work with another designer, multiple marketing agencies or freelancers in house, however you, whoever you work with, however you move forward in that space, you have that guideline. Say, okay, this is what to do. There's like a page of like violations. Like don't. <laughs> Don't do this to the logo whatsoever. Uh, don't do these things. This is kind of a mood board. These are the types of imagery you should use. This is the, the, the these are the smallest sizes that you should go to before you really like people just really can't see it. Yeah, um, yeah just a full a full guide of. And it's cool. Like I and, and, and I still visit that guide almost on a daily basis when I do my posts and stuff. Just because and I actually have it on the tab always on my on my web browser because I'll always revisit and say okay like. If I need inspiration for a post, I'll go on there. If I need, if I need to know what the colors are, I will. Because I fucking the RGBs, of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the values are so stupid. <laughs> so it's like yeah. uh, I, I, I'm always glancing at it, and I think it's such a valuable tool for myself. Not like let alone like the the other agencies or marketing agencies that I'm going to be working with maybe down the road, but like it's more for myself to know that okay, like 
if I want to stay true to the brand, I got to hit this. Right. And it actually makes my job a lot easier because now I'm not having to guess about what I have to post about. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'll make things on the spot, but it's always inspired yeah. by the brand guide. And I think yeah. because I went through the process with you guys, for me now it's just like, I kind of know it off by heart yeah. for the most yeah. part, which makes it easier for me. But like, even like when I, when I designed this graphic here, like, it was just like, it kind of, I'm like, I know how to do it. It was just yeah. part of, part of the whole, yeah. the whole brand stuff. I think that's the beauty of the common brands that there is that structure and that like, that, that strict guide, um, and there's definitely like the, the logo and the, the, the icon, and kind of the, the typeface that should be used, but it's, I think we developed it in a way that took into account like the, the design of the gym space itself as well. So like the color palette's not too far away. Mm -hmm. the, the use of the skulls and stuff is just my on, on my level anyway, so yeah, I love it. So do. Um, but it allows, it allows for stuff like this there's to be little, put little, together. There's a little more freedom to sort of but explore. Be on point and non-franchise. Yeah, like like if I made this graphic and I put a bunch of like beer bottles and cowboy hats, <laughs> like right. So like there, there's some freedom, but there's yeah. some elements that sort of kind of play on on this whole like um, yeah. There's a fine line because I think even like there's like different styles of illustration happening. Um, there's different typefaces that aren't the brand yeah. font. Yeah. So that there's a, there's definitely a line to walk, um, so that it's still on point. But I think it's the whole kind of idea behind and uh, kind of within the strategy that it's, it's developing away from a single workout space to a more of a lifestyle brand. And if you've got a lifestyle brand, you've got different channels of, of product and income, um, and that that kind of allows you to, especially with the clothing yeah. and kind of the, the things that we designed there, just to, like you said, there's more opportunity, there's more openness one within thing, this brand to kind of do stuff like this. And that doesn't work for all brands. And one thing that I think we touched on early on in the, in the rebrand, especially when we came with the name change, if yeah. you look at um, the, the, the common logo, it's clean. Yeah. So like for a website, it looks professional, it's clean, it's not intimidating, uh -huh. it's like most people can resonate with it. But then when I have other channels of products, so like for my clothing line, like it's very like streetwear, young, kind of like urban, um, graffiti-esque kind of thing with the skulls. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, that's another extension of the brand that can exist. Yeah. If I have like coffee or supplements or equipment, then it's like that's another extension. So like yeah. we, we specifically made this brand so that it was clean professional. Yeah, right? Like we tackle those things. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that I want because like for, for myself, I know for myself is that I need to always evolve and create and, and, and grow. Otherwise, yeah. like I get super bored and complacent if it's just one logo and I have to stay with that forever. Like obviously the common logo is going to stay, but yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about the the extensions of the brand and, and where I go, like who knows what's going to happen in yeah. ten years from now? It might be I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. So like I I wanted that to be part of the brand because common doesn't really seem like fitness. Unless you attach fitness to it, this could yeah. mean a lot of things, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, and I think one one part of the brand that really allows for this as well is the extension of the brand itself in the brand doctrine. If you go to your website, you'll see we've used it heavily as the design of the website. Is the actual break, yeah, the break up and breakdown and the almost dysfunction of of the logo itself. So the logo itself is very like say clean and structured, but the extension of that is 
you know, we break it down. We have like COM and then MXNs over here and there's different lines. And But you can still perceive it as that's common. Yeah, exactly. And not, and not so many it's, logos it's, can you, you can do that. With, not many brands can do that really, right? Yeah. Like you can take like a, the Nike swoosh and put half of it here, half of it there. Like you're going to be like, well, that's kind of weird. Yeah. And that's, there are kind of different levels of branding. There's like, there's your logo and there's icon. But what I always want to kind of accomplish is kind of a logo or brand system. So it's not just here's your logo, go and use it, or you know yeah. here's your logo and an icon. You can break those apart and use the logo here and the icon here. You know, there's more of a system to it. So yes, you have your logo. Yes, you have your icon. But then there's this breakdown of the logo. There's different ways to apply it. There's the icon that can be used elsewhere. Um, and I think that again, don't want to be a dead horse with the stick or whatever that saying is, but that kind of brand system and like you said that the it being designed with longevity in mind and these other different channels mm -hmm. to, to hopefully come in the future allow for designs like this and a more openness but again I'll, I'll say again that that doesn't work for all, all yeah. brands until yeah. unless it's you know like we've done with with common specifically kind of work towards uh, and that's why you find a lot of brands that are disjunct and kind of all over the place and inconsistent because they're trying different stuff like this, but it's not done within that system and, and done properly through that process. That's a really good point. So like I noticed myself, um, especially in the last, like I'd say in the last three to five years with sweat is because I didn't really have a system. I didn't really know mm -hmm. the direction of the brand and I didn't really, I was trying all these different things that like I, I couldn't, I couldn't grasp exactly what it was. And I'm like, this, this doesn't work. So I got to change. And I would try to emulate other people, other brands. And I'm just like, this doesn't, it doesn't vibe. And then it wasn't until we did this, this rebrand that I'm like, Oh my God, like it, it all like, like clarity came so much better to me because I'm like, Oh, now I know exactly what I need to do. And one thing that like, like so like one of my tips for those that are, that have a business, whether it's in fitness or if you're a physiotherapist or whatever it is, because I've done this and I'm saying this from, I'm saying it to myself or my younger self. It's like, don't try to emulate another brand because it's going right. to come across as fucking cheesy and cringe and, and it's not going to resonate with, with you or, or your audience. So really try to take the time to figure out what it is that, that makes your brand unique in yourself and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and an extension of yourself. Yeah. That way you can go about it and really showcase it. So like, don't try to copy comment because, because you're not, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, but like, you know, like, like, the, like, like what I only do this, not because I think my audience is going to like it, it's because I love it. Yeah. The only thing I care about on my social media is like, it, am I excited to look at it? I know that sounds kind of stupid and, and kind of whatever, but like, <laughs> but like, I know if I love it or if I want to buy my own product, then I'm pretty sure people like me want to buy it as well. Yep. Yeah. But that, but that's the key thing that you said there people like you yeah because that's your target audience you want to connect with those people that are motivated uh, and have integrity you're aiming for those people if you just put stuff on your social media that you like that's not always going to work hmm. like there's this kind of two sides to that i could put loads of stuff on my sunday rose social media that i think's hilarious or you know that i enjoy looking at but that's not going to resonate with who i want to work with hmm. And so you're lucky in that sense that kind of what you, you kind of on the same level as, as your target audience where you kind of have 
kind of almost like some inside knowledge that if I'm looking at this and I'm enjoying it, then I know the people that I'm aiming for with these characteristics are also going to be looking at this and, and can resonate with it, right? So I think people have to be careful of that. And this is why I think a lot of the bigger companies or bigger brands have an actual marketing department because instead of like the CEO or the president of the company putting right. out content like I am, right, and, and I'm in a different space like so I can, they'll, they'll have like a marketing department that says, okay, we're going to do these graphics, right. this image, right? Like they have a science behind it, right? right. To make it work. Um, so like, yeah, there, there, there's different levels, right? And it just so okay. happens that in this space, I can, uh, I think fitness is a unique, unique space because you can really talk about it as an extension of yourself for mm -hmm. the most part. Um, unless you're working with like a, you know, a, a demographic that's like geriatrics and right. you know, I'm not going to start posting about graffiti and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think this space, and, and it's such a big opportunity for coaches and, and, and people that are in fitness to really like. Like it doesn't need to be that convoluted and crazy for it to work. Right. 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 You're, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, dude. Anything else you want to add? Anything you want to kind of touch on or, or kind of share with the audience and, and kind of. Um, I don't think so. Maybe just, just reiterate it that it's never too late. If yeah. you're feeling stuck or lost with your business and your brand that you don't know where to go, kind of. Start with those tips of looking at your data if you have it. You know, reaching out, have a, a brand audit, a website audit. Let's kind of figure out where it's going wrong, and then we can see where we want to get to. Um, just kind of reiterate that you need to dig within yourself to really find your your own passions, um, and we can we can move forward from there. And sometimes, you, if you don't really know right now what it is that you need, sometimes just having a discussion. Yeah. Right. Like have a call with you say, Hey, like, these are my goals. This is what I want to do. I'm just not sure of where I want to get. And maybe just that will bring some clarity and, and, and it might lead to something, you know, even deeper for you, but at least just have an open conversation, at least just to start yeah. to see if you even need the help. Yeah. Right. I think that's, that's the first step in this. Yeah. Literally the first question that I got asked me to put me on the Sunday Rogue's journey was who do you want to work with? And I was like, uh, well, I'm kind of good at this. Yeah, but who do you want to work with? Oh, uh, I guess this project's kind of brought more out of me. But who do you want to work with? <laughs> okay, yeah, all right, yes. And I think this project brought out my passion, and this is what I want to kind of lean into. And if it doesn't work, we can adjust. I think people also, um, maybe in fitness, and I can only speak it a bit from a fitness standpoint, I think people don't want to um, say who they really want to work with because they feel guilty for not having good, because like we're, we're in an industry that like we want to help as, everybody says it on their fucking mission. Our mission is to help as many people as we, blah, blah, blah. shut the fuck up. That is the most dumbest thing you could ever say is like, it's like, yeah, I get it from a it's heartfelt and it's like, you want to help as many people as you, I don't, I can't. Yeah. Right. Maybe if I have a team of a hundred trainers, sure, maybe I can one day, but like I can't. So yeah. like I, I'm not gonna make my mission like that. My mission's gonna be, hey, like we help humans prepare for life's most meaningful pursuits. Yeah. Not everybody wants to get into fitness for life's most meaningful pursuit. They just wanna fucking get a six pack. Cool. Yeah. I can help, but like it's better if we have something that we can connect on. Yeah. Um so so I think um if you like so for example, if you want a six pack 
because you know that means to you that means you're healthier and when you're healthier you know you're going to be around to be able to play with your kids and yeah have a family and you know if there's that deeper level commitment to to what you want but there, there, man, there would be more on point for, for someone that you want to work with. There are so many times where I, I would sit in a console in front of somebody and I'd be like, so like, what's up? Like, how can I help you? Like, why are you here? And they would say, oh, I just want to lose this or like gain a booty or whatever it is. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, people want, people want booties, man. It's just they're, <laughs> they're doing fucking, that would be a whole other podcast. Um, how to gain a booty. Yeah. There you, go. Uh, you know, and, and I would ask them, Awesome, like that's a great goal. Like, tell me yeah. what's important to you about that goal. And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, like, you know, like and so I was trying to like edge them on to like what's important about gaining whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. maybe like you'll help you will live longer, maybe you'll you make you feel accomplished so that you can do something else that you really want to do in your life. And they're like, nah, not really. It's like yeah. it's like I Do you find a lot of the time it's just people wanna get fit or lose the chub or whatever it is. Because it, really, it's just because of the perception of others. I think so. Like people just, whether it's a confidence builder, maybe they just they're afraid of what or like. I'm sure because people are saying about them. Or yeah, like, because like I mean, like I like, I'd be lying to say that I'm not like that either, right? I think as yeah. a human, we have this ego that we want to become something that we think we need to become to whatever, yeah. right? Um, you know, like do I obsess over like my bicep size or like my squat number? Not really, because I'm not. I don't like. I'm not competing in powerlifting. I don't yeah. care what people think around the world. Um, but I think the majority of people. I'll be honest. You know what I think it is, and I said this in I think my first episode. People have no fucking meaning in their life because they're living this rat race of number one, working like a dog, have to take care of their family. Which hey, that's admirable. I, mm-hmm. I admire people that 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 sacrifice for their families and, and their life. But they're also running this rat race of not to get political. They're like, they're like, govern me harder, daddy. Like they want the government to fucking tell them exactly what to do. It's like they always want to be told what to do. And I think because people don't have this, I, people find an identity with fitness because it's the one thing that they can have some freedom of choice with, I think. Right. Or like, it's like they find meaning in fitness and this identity that they have to become something now so that they can, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, to be like they've got the crap together and they're successful yeah. and stuff. I, I don't know. I, I feel like people have this like deep rooted identity with like, and, and I see it all the time, right? Like when somebody can't get to a certain result, they get so like emotionally attacked. I'm like, guys, it's just fucking fitness. Like, it doesn't really matter. It matters, but like, we're at a spot now where it's like, if you want just like metabolic health and you want to stave off most disease and metabolic disease and fuck even the shit that's going on whatever you don't need that much fitness to be healthy you need to walk on a daily basis you need to eat get your sleep eat well i mean get your sleep do some level of of strength training a couple times a week right make sure that you have your muscle mass that way when you're in your 80s you can walk and that's like your health that's metabolic health and you're going to be fucking amazing for longevity but then there's another layer of, hey, like if you want to build, if you want to bodybuild and if you want to get strong and, and power lift and, mm-hmm. and do those kind of things, th- that isn't needed for health, right? right? Like building muscle, getting shredded and getting a six pack and deadlifting 500 pounds isn't for health. In fact, it could be deleterious if you go about it in a different way. So right. people have this perception that health is 
getting strong and being shredded, which sure. Yeah. I mean, like, like it can be part of it, but the, the, the majority of people that are healthy are the ones that walk every day. They have, they manage their stress, they eat really well and they get their sleep. That's health right there. But people have this perception that I need to be, I need to have a booty for instance to be healthy. Right. But that also goes with the social media stuff. There's this big, like, big convoluted thing and again like i'm all for getting strong and shredded and jack because i'm like i'm i mean i'm (laughs) I'm not there yet but like i always have that goal to want to be a little bit stronger too so i can resonate with that um so yeah that's a whole other podcast that we can (laughs) touch on but um but yeah one last thing before we go um yeah we're in talks i mean this is like literally like first time we're even talking about it um live in on, on the air uh but we're working on something some type of mentorship course for uh, right. for fitness trainers, coaches, physiotherapists. If you're in the health field um, and you want to elevate your brand and you want to um, kind of get more into the online space and you want to um, kind of grow your online presence, we're working on some type of men- mentorship program that you'll probably learn the next probably in the new year. We're working on that, yeah. so stay tuned for that. Because um, I think that could be a really cool collaboration between my fitness knowledge, uh, your branding expertise, and then the ins and outs that we can kind of work together. So that that'll drop hopefully in the new year. Um, yeah, that's gonna be some, exciting. Some point. I'm excited for, for that function. So yeah, yeah, that'll be really cool. Out, so. um, but yeah, I'm gonna link everything where you can find Sunday Roast and and learn about Leap. Uh, the website is sundayroast.agency. I like that. Um, and then his Instagram will be on this post and his website. Um, yeah, dude, dude, I appreciate you coming down here. It was uh, yeah. it was really really cool to to kind of actually have you here live and see the yeah, studio yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for having me. It's uh, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, no, this is the perfect. timing was perfect. That I was like most of the way here already. Yeah, so well, yeah. The fun with stuff, so was Next time perfect. I'm up, uh, I'll probably be up in, in Toronto area, probably in January, February. So I'll probably yeah. see if we can pop up and, and, and do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you can tune us on Spotify and YouTube if you want to see the video format of this podcast. We're in the studio here at the Common Studio. Um, you can find us on YouTube, Rebel Radio, and also Spotify, Rebel Radio. And we have an episode every Thursday. Um, so, Hey, this was a great podcast. I appreciate everybody watching or listening. And, uh, as always much love, peace, keep raging. I think, I think I said that wrong. Much love. Keep raging. Peace. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know my own <laughs> brand guys. Uh, but whatever. I've been chatting for what, two hours now, but whatever. Much love. Keep raging. Peace. Son of a bitch. All right. Peace.